Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now it's time for the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show with Score Morning Show co-host Molly from the Molly and Haw Show, Bears long snapping Iron Man Patrick Manley, and legendary Bears center Olin Krutz on Sports Radio 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Good morning. It is the pregame show with Mully and Olin and Patrick Manley, and it's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. Get to it. Olin, you look like a million. Patrick, you're still in the recording studio. Love seeing you guys on a beautiful Sunday morning. First home game. Since December of 2019 at a full house, first home game with the full house expected. Good morning, guys. Morning, Molly. Uh, Patrick over there looking like Kenny Chesney. I've never seen him play a guitar in my life. I've known him (laughs) since 1998. He's hanging guitars. But it's all perception, man. You know, just hang things on your wall. So, so, hey, hey, pull that off, pull it off, and play us a song, man. We got five minutes. <laughs> nope, can't do it. <laughs> I'll get my daughter out uh, of Hey, I'll join in. I'll sing a song. Something. The Bears might need it today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they, I hear you. The Bears need something today. Let's be honest about it. I, I think uh, Lovey always said the jump between week one and week two is the biggest leap you make all season. I I don't know how accurate that is for all teams, if it just applies to the teams he coached, but it did seem to take place. And, guys, there is a lot to clean up. There are a lot of mistakes that occurred uh, against the the Rams in that wretched loss, kind of a late-breaking loss. Maybe part of what needs to be dealt with is – is your um, is your fourth down uh, ambition or aggression or whatever way you want to look at it? Yeah, I mean the the fourth ground the fourth down situations the last week game kind of puzzled me because later on I think it was in his post game comments Matt Nagy said he liked when they punted, then caused them to punt, get the ball back, and they went down to score. And he said I liked the complimentary football that we played. Well, early in the game, he didn't do that. He was being aggressive and going forward on fourth down, and it didn't work out. So I felt like he was speaking out of two sides of his mouth there where he likes it when it works out, but he doesn't like it when it doesn't work out. But um, I, I would like to him kind of stick to his guns and really, you know, do what he believes. You know, if he believes going to fourth down, go for it every time. But if you're going to be – you want to play complimentary football, do that. But I think with this team, complimentary football is the best way to go if this defense can play like we need them to play and if this offense is going to kind of play this ball control offense that we saw uh, last Sunday night. Yeah, and I, I think, Pat, you make a great point there because I think what happened is he did want to go for it on every fourth down, but then they went 0-2, and that, that'll make you change your mind pretty quickly, right? But as far as going back to Mully's point about Lovey saying that your biggest jump is from week one to week two, that, that's self-evaluation, right? That's where you find out what you are, what you're good at, what level certain players are playing at, and what works actually for our offense and our defense. And the Bears went back 
and I know they did because it's what they do for a living. They picked apart their film, and Pat, they probably feel, and Molly, they probably feel pretty good about going into this week as most teams do coming off of week one because they really didn't see their offense in the preseason. They didn't see their weapons with Andy Dalton. Uh, we all know they got to be more explosive. Uh, how they had to wait till after that game to figure that out is beyond me that they didn't take a shot. Uh, the whole, I'm sure we'll get into it, uh, the whole, well, they didn't give us an opportunity for that. Uh, I, I don't want to swear on radio, so I'll just say, you know what that is. That's a pile of whatever that is. But, um, yeah, you designed that. That's why you're here, Coach. You're here yes. to design shots. So, uh, anyway, defensively, look, we knew going to last week's game, if they didn't get pressure, if they didn't end up winning the takeaway battle, uh, if they didn't get explosive plays, then they were going to get blown out. And that's exactly what happened. It was kind and of I a – too... yep. Go ahead, Pat. Yeah, just sorry. real quick, between week one and two, what I'm going to follow up with Olin saying is you, you really find out a true evaluation of your players. You try that in the preseason, but you're kind of playing a simplified offense defense. You're putting them out there maybe in situations where they might struggle a little bit that's not truly your scheme. And then now week one, you put them in your scheme, and you can really find out who they are and what they can bring to the team – I mean, just an example, I'll go to the special team side. There would be times, you know, you might have a guy as a left tackle on punt, the R3 on kickoff, and, and you see him in, in, in preseason, but then you see him in real live game action against other special teamers, and you're like, nope, you're done. We're moving you over here. You've got to go over here. And I think special teams, you'll move pieces a little bit more than you do on offense and defense. But I think offense and defense, what you'll find out is more playing time of guys, rotational guys, maybe D-line guys or whoever else, can they play a little bit more? Can they fit in a little bit more? And then you find out truly their uh, strengths and weaknesses within your system. And I think that's what can happen between week one and week two. You had to mention left tackle, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we've learned that Jason Peters is probably going to give it a go. I believe Ian Rappaport uh, tweeted out this morning that Peters is going to try. We know that he was limited this week in practice, but he did indeed get out on the field and try to practice with that quad injury Larry Borum, the fifth-round pick, he is now on injured reserve. They did made that move on Friday, and injured reserve is different than it was uh, a while ago. They've changed it uh, due to COVID, I guess. But um, there will be a chance for him to come back in a few weeks, as there is a chance for Tevin Jenkins to come back and, and all the guys that, that are on IR. So, it will be interesting to see how they manage that position. Any thoughts on whether or not Peters lasts very long? Will he go longer today than he did in the opener? Um, you know, he's the old war horse, and he's done it a long time, so I'm not surprised, surprised that he's going to try it. But realistically, what do you expect? And is, you know, Elijah Wilkinson, I guess, will be the next guy up. Yeah, and Peters, I think he looked better than I thought he would. Uh, going into that game, I mean, the guy is a freak show. Uh, we all seen him pick up that cornerback blitz uh, in that game, come off the edge. He's a big man. He got some movement in the run game. Um, he blocked pretty well when he actually he was in there, but he is 39, 40 years old. And how long does he last is always going to be a question every week for the Chicago Bears. And, and you're wondering, eventually now the guy they want to rotate him with, Barone, is on IR, so they don't have him. And now they're back down to Elijah Wilkinson. And we all knew uh, as soon as we heard about Tevin Jenkins getting back surgery. And we and the funny thing now, Molly and Pat, is they didn't even know what Tevin Jenkins was going to be at left tackle. Mm-hmm. So this was their plan going into the year, which if you ask me, uh, it wasn't really a plan, right? There can be uh, a, a, you know intelligent design without intelligence. And that's what they did here, right? They, <laughs> they made this whole plan, and this intelligent design they thought they had, and it just seemed like from the outside looking in, it wasn't a great idea with what they were doing. And, and now you go into these games, and look, this is just going to be an every week question, Mully. What's going to happen in left tackle? Can Jason Peters go? If he doesn't go, how good will Elijah Wilkinson be? What if, what if Elijah Wilkinson, now who's next? Alex Bars, probably, right? Because now Barone is on IR. I, I know they just signed, I, I don't know his name right now, I'm losing his name, but they just signed another guy, offensive tackle. I think they're going to make him active today. This is where we are. Their fifth or sixth offensive tackle is going to be active today, Pat, and this will be a continuous question for them. And they have a better rusher there now. The Bengals threw $160 million at their defensive line. They have Trey Hendrickson. He's going to be coming off that edge. He's, he's a better rusher than they saw last week at that spot. Yeah, and that's one thing. I think I heard you talk about it on your podcast this week, Olin, about the money 
that is in the D Bengals D line now compared to the starting O line of the Bears, and that's just that's a mismatch right there with mm -hmm. the, the salary cap cut up for those two positions. But I thought Elijah Wilkinson was serviceable when he went in there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the other thing that maybe gets me a feel a little bit more comfortable is that he was actually the starting tackle for a lot of camp until they got Jason Peters and he got the reps with the ones. So maybe that helps a little bit. I don't know, but you know, there's a reasons why he's here and not, not at his former team. And um, I'm, I'm hoping he can come in and, and be serviceable. I think that's all you're asking for when you're going down to your third string left tackle. Yeah. You know, whenever you're dealing with uh, backup players or late, you know, again, I, I think Jason Peters, is an unbelievably talented player who's headed to the Hall of Fame, but I don't know if that's going to help you at age 39 when he was literally on a boat fishing when the call came to join the Bears. And um, what's, you know, his, what's his bonus, Molly? What does he have to do for us? I think I think that's yeah. what we can see what we'll get out of Jason Peters. So we got to find and figure out what is what is bonus playing time. Everything motivates people, so we got to figure out what his contract says, and then maybe we'll know what we'll get. Maybe it was it's just five series each game because he made it to the fifth series the first game. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it. Well, he's on a one-year $1,750,000 contract. That includes um, two – 150,000 signing bonus, one three two five of guaranteed money, and an average. Uh, I guess it doesn't say here exactly what the bread. I'm going through the the numbers, but I, I would imagine there's a significant jump for playing time, right? If uh, if that's the case, I, I would be hard pressed to imagine. Let's see, roster bonus of 200, cap hit of 1.5. Yeah, it just says that the the dead the cap value is 1.325 uh, million if indeed he's launched. But there must be some language that would uh, I think it's a per game active bonus of twenty five thousand dollars. That's not a ton of money. I don't know that that money is what's motivating him at this point in his career. In fact, I I'm not sure why he wants to keep playing. I, you know, I'm sure that he believes he can and they need him and he has a relationship with the the offensive line coach, Juan Castillo, but um, I, I, it's, it's a little bit befuddling that he left to come to Chicago. I guess he must know uh, Nagy as well. They were together. So I suppose um, well, the guy look, wants to keep playing. Look, here, here's the deal. You're not going to find a million dollars anywhere else, Molly. So <laughs> <laughs> if they offer you, listen, a million dollars is always a million dollars, and he, all he's doing is planning his next 10 fishing trips. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but you have to have a little bit of the love of the game still left for that when you right. when you've put together a career like he has. And, that, uh, that, yeah, and, and when you that watch him play last a little bit week, better. right? I mean, yeah, you saw that on film. I mean, he he, yes. he, he got after guys a few times and yeah. uh, some of those blocks he made, and the plays he made were impressive. I mean, he looked older, mm -hmm. obviously. He's yes, going to look yes. older, but um, we, we just hope eventually the Bears best case scenario, guys, is this guy surprisingly plays himself in a shape and mm -hmm. gives them a quality left tackle, an NFL left tackle for 16 games. Well, then what's your, what's your thought on him leaving the game, not even trying to come back, but then able to come back this week and give it a go? I just, I find that, I always found that kind of interesting and, and you, you don't know people's true injuries, mm -hmm. but you know, to pull yourself from a game and not mm -hmm. try to come back and then be able to come back the next week. That's just, that puzzles me a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't just, you know, we played with Orlando Pace, right, late in his yeah. career. And it, there was only uh, so much miles they had left on those tires, right? And, and if he felt like, look, man, if I push this leg anymore, not only will I strain my quad, I'll completely blow it out, right? So, so if he felt that way, uh, you know, we all get older, um, you know, played, uh, you know, I, my last year in New Orleans, tore my MCL against the Houston Texans. Uh, try to go three or four more plays, and you know, I, then then you pretty much know your body. Like you diagnose it at that point, right, Pat? Right, like right. I went yeah. to sideline. I told the doctor, I said I got a grade three MCL tear. <laughs> you know, like you you know already. Like I know I heard you it knew. pop in my leg. It's my yeah. MCL. My ACL is fine. It's just my 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 leg's doing the hula, so my MCL is done. <laughs> right. So I, you know, like this guy is probably so in tune to his body now. He knows. He knew That's a great if he point. kept going, maybe that quad rolls up on him, and then he's done for the year. Uh, you know, one of the big questions, guys, in this game 
is going to be the quarterback play. And, and you know, this is, I suppose, directly uh, connected to the left tackle. But we saw Andy Dalton, and we saw the way that, that he was um, used. In other words, the failure of the team to go down the field. I believe Pro Football Focus said they were the only team in the NFL not to throw a pass 15 yards or more. They threw a 10-yard passes. Talk about ball in the air, 10 yards five times in the game, which was also the lowest in the league, but never won 15 yards or more when you consider they had a fourth and 15 that they went for. <laughs> we'll get into that. But what are you expecting with Andy Dalton against his old team versus Justin Fields? And we have another Ian Rappaport um, tweet. He says that Justin Fields continues to deliver wow moments behind the scenes as the team uses packages of plays as a growth moment for him. Yeah, well, well, let's start with what do we expect to see. I think you're going to see or have to see a different game plan just because the Bengals play a completely, mostly different style of defense with more man, single high safety. Sometimes they'll bring in, at least last week they did, before Ricardo Allen, their third safety, came out. But they play three safeties down with Von Bell in the box, so that di- offers different matchups. But you, you, you would expect them to go more downfield just because of the scheme and then I would expect them to go downfield more just because they didn't last week and they preached all offseason about this new speed they have. They're going to take the top off the defense and open things up that way. So I do expect to see more downfield throws, um, and, and I hope Andy can connect him. And I hope we can protect you know, protect him and he can get the ball down the field. But I definitely expect it just because the, the scheme is going to be different. It's not going to be that soft cover two shell that the Rams played last week. Yeah, and, and the Chicago Bears go out and get themselves a game manager for one year's $10 million, and then they're shocked when he manages the game, right? So, uh, look, I'm not shocked that he, he checks the ball down on 4th and 15 and he throws the ball, you know, five yards and expects Mooney to make the play. That's what Coach Nagy said he wanted from this guy, that he'd get the ball out early. And so we heard all offseason he gets the ball out on time. He gets it in these playmakers' hands that the Chicago Bears think they have, and he is going to give them a chance to make the play, right? Now, when you get into Mooney's hands, that's not Tyreek Hill, right? And that's, that's not the guys that Coach Nagy envisions. That's not Travis Kelsey. Now, Cole Komet hasn't risen to that level as of yet. So Andy Dalton has shown you for 10-plus years now exactly what he is. So when he checks it down all day and doesn't throw it deep and they look scared to death of Aaron Donald, even when he is getting blocked, when you turn the film on, they go max protection and nickel sometimes. They go max protection on first and second down sometimes. He had some time in that game. And I know it's scary and Aaron Donald's bearing down on you, but you got to hold the ball and try to throw that ball down the field a little bit more. Uh, everybody this week, and respect to them, everybody this week said the right things. No one threw Andy Dalton under the bus. But when you take a really good look at that film, they did call a few plays for him to take a shot, and he just didn't. All right, we're going to get to uh, we're going to give you a preview of the Bengals. We're going to talk to Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com. He's the dean of Cincinnati Scribes, and he will tell us what they've got going, what the decisions they made in the offseason mean, and how they plan to uh, to take on the Bears. We'll do that next. It is the pregame show, and you're listening to WSCR Sports Radio six seven of the score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Going deep to Mark Chase. He's got it. Chase to the end zone. That's a Bengal touchdown. It is the pregame show with Mully and Olin Krutz, the perennial haunt of Pro Bowler, maybe someday Hall of Famer. We'll have to talk about yeah. that at some point. <laughs> and of course, Patrick I never heard Manley. of perennial Hall of Famer. That was cool. <laughs> That's the, that is the truth. And Patrick Manley, the longest serving bear. And it's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers, uh, download the Bet Rivers app today. And um, guys, I don't know if you heard, but Zing Zang is a new sponsor. We want to welcome to the score. And uh, Mitch has some zing zing for us, he has said. So let's get on him for that. Uh, they are a new partner of the station and the pregame show, Chicago's hometown Bloody Mary mix created in Chicago, still headquartered in Chicago. And we are delighted to hear that. And now we're going to uh, to get out to the uh, the guest hotline. And, of course, the, the guest hotline uh, brings us Jeff Gibson. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Hobson. He, of course, with uh, – with Bengals.com, Jeff is the dean of all uh, all the football writers in Cincinnati, and he joins us on the hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Jeff, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good to be with you, Mike, and uh, the great Owen Cruz, uh, one of the great players uh, that I covered in those years that I became the dean. Vote for him for the Hall of Fame. Well, I appreciate it, Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> All right, Jeff. So, Trying to get Willie Anderson in there. I think yeah, Owen will agree that yes. you know Willie Anderson's probably a Hall of Famer too. So yeah, really, get them all in. Re- really good football player. Still does a lot of work with offensive linemen, as I understand. Helps yes, develop sir. a lot of guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, try to get the linemen in there. Yeah. Well, somewhat better. There'll be trouble. Um, so listen, uh, Jeff, as you look at this team, I think we thought they were going to go left tackle in the draft or improve their offense. We just heard uh, from the fine folks at Fox the highlight of the of the uh, 50-yard touchdown pass. Has Were you at all surprised that they went the way they went with the wide receiver? And obviously there's a great connection between he and the quarterback. Now you can't be surprised with the type of offense they run. They run, you know, they run a lot of 11s, three receivers. They moved on from AJ Green, um, and obviously you just can't. I mean, you can't, you can't uh, shrug off what he and Burrow did together. I mean, uh, they were they were magic that one year. So not really a surprise. I think they went out and got their left tackle uh, when they signed Frank Pollock, uh, their new offensive line coach. Probably their biggest move in free agency when you're talking about the offensive line. Um, sometimes it's not the player. Sometimes it's the coach and the scheme. And uh, I think that that was a huge addition with Pollock. You know, Jeff, uh, I see that they went and got Lou Anarumo. I hope I said his name correctly. A lot, a lot of defensive linemen this year, and DJ Reader, uh, Trey Hendrickson, and um, I, I'm gonna, I don't want to butcher his name here, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, who looked very good on film last week. Uh, got a great first step. DJ Reader is a handful in the middle. 
uh, Trey Hendrickson, that rebuilt defensive line. I'm sure they're going to try to lean on them today. What did you see from them in the first game that has the Bengals coaching staff excited? You did better than me. I just call him Larry O. But that's a good place. <laughs> but, that's, uh, uh, but that's a good place where to start. On right there is uh, I felt like o- Ogan Joby probably gave them the best inside pass rush they've had since Geno Atkins when he you know was in his prime. They they just got devastated there in the middle last year with injuries and guys moving on. And uh, you know the last three years the Bengals have given up the most rushing yards in the league and uh, combined since 2018. And that they have made a concerted effort. With all those moves that you uh, that you outlined uh, to stop that, and they they uh, it was a big game for them to do what they did. They held Cook to 61 yards, uh, that was huge. And now they've got the, now they got the hometown guy from Mount Healthy, uh, Montgomery, who's is just as big a challenge. They're going to have to do it again and uh, do it on the road. So huge, uh, huge upgrade there. I mean, you take the 2020 and the 2021 off seasons. Spent more than spent almost three hundred million dollars committed to defense. So uh, they got their money's worth uh, last Sunday. They're going to have to, you know, going to have to do it today against the Mount Healthy guy. Jeff, you talked about Frank Pollock and that offensive line, but last week they gave up five sacks to the Minnesota Vikings. But I think only two of them were against the offensive line. I think it was center Trey Hopkins. But how much does they? How much do they concern you with the Bears' defensive front and pass protection? I know they ran for one hundred twenty-seven yards last week with Joe Mixon. Terrifying, terrifying. I mean, uh, <laughs> Mac and uh, I mean, you know, with uh, you know, with Mac and Hicks, my God. I mean, uh, you know, now you know now the Vikings put pressure on a quarterback, but uh, they don't have two guys like this. Uh, so they're going to have to play a lot better. Uh, I thought that their tackles held up. Uh, Reef and uh, Jonah Williams played well, um, and uh, but you know their best offensive lineman is Joe Mixon. You know, uh, they've got to get Joe Burrow in manageable downs. They have to control the clock. They have to cut down on the hits. And, you know, um, you know, Mixon got it 29 times uh, on last Sunday. And uh, if you're going to keep Mack and Hicks away from him, got to get a big diet from him again today. He is Jeff Hobson from Bengals.com, and you're listening to the pregame show on the score. And, Jeff, um, I think when you when you look at Joe Burrow, a lot of people forget that he was another Ohio State quarterback and obviously wasn't getting on the field, so he goes to LSU, has the remarkable season, absolutely extraordinary, and uh, and he ends up uh, being the, the draft pick that he is and the, and the franchise guy that he is, and I think we all see that. Justin Fields, of course, is an Ohio State quarterback, and um, – and, he, you know, one guy leaves as a fifth-year senior. Justin Fields leaves early. They will eventually uh, be against each other in this game. We're not expecting Andy Dalton to play the whole game. How are the Bengals approaching the possibility of, uh, of Fields getting on the field and, uh, and some of those plays that they'll be running when he does? Well, believe me, they've approached it. I, I think they feel like they're going to see more of him than they're going to see Andy. Um, but I think they've prepared for both, obviously. But that, that is exactly what I'm talking about, guys, is that zone read. That's something that has really uh, uh, the Bengals have really struggled with in the last three years. You know, I, I think, you know, Lamar Jackson probably got him in a slump that they haven't been able to get out of. You know how a, how a great pitcher can put you in a slump? Well, you know, that zone read has been, has been tough on these guys. Uh, but that's what they want. I mean, I think they're much better constructed to, uh, to face that now. They're, they're – they get, you know, their linebackers are faster, and uh, they and they're more experienced. We talked about the edge. They wanted to get edge guys that could not only rush the passer but hold up against the run. So, uh, you know, Hendrickson and uh, Cam Sample, the fourth rounder out of Tulane, has been very good. And I, you know, a key guy in this thing uh, could be Mike Hilton. The, you know, the slot corner that they got out of Pittsburgh, a, a very physical guy against the run. You know, and they they haven't had anything like that in the slot. You know, for years. So, I mean, uh, uh, they are, they know, I mean, they fear fields. They prepared for them and they made these moves in the, you know, they made these moves in the offseason with not only, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson in mind, but also these, these, these great quarterbacks, these great two way quarterbacks like Fields. Yeah, Jeff, the, if Fields does play, uh, you know, he struggled a little bit with that slot blitz in preseason, and we all know. Uh, Mike Hilton is a great slot blitzer. Picked him up from the Steelers, so worried about that guy out there. On that note, you know, as you know, I I studied the game 
from a center point of view, and I was looking up Lou Anarumo, and I couldn't really picture in my mind what coaching tree he's from and what his scheme is actually all about. Can you go over that a little bit for us, where his philosophies come from, and what is his philosophy on defense? Spent a lot of uh, spent some time in Miami. Spent some time with the Giants. I think his uh, his his thing has evolved since he, he came here in 2019. Uh, he's uh, uh, running a basically a three four hybrid. You know, uh, he's uh, what he's brought. What he's changed with the Bengals is uh, those those ends like him to drop. You know, they like to they like to do a lot of different things uh, with their ends. Uh, so basically, what you got there, it's a it's it's. I think there's four three concepts, but it's kind of constructed like a three four, um, and I think you know they don't you know they very rarely use you know you, you know they're most always in nickel. They very very rarely use three linebackers, you know. So it's a that's why the uh, Ricardo Allen injury is a little bit, you know how that's that's the third safety. How is he going to respond there? Uh, but uh, yeah, I think you're you're pretty much looking at a kind of a hybrid three four, but they play a lot of you know it's a lot of four three uh, looks. Jeff, with, with Trey Waynes out as well, is Eli Apple the weakest link? Is that the, the guy that the Bears need to go after? Well, I tell you, I mean, I, you know, uh, uh, the guy was a, the 10th pick in the draft. I mean, and he's, mm-hmm. he's on his fourth team. So I guess, you know, I mean, uh, I tell you what, Awuzier is playing, playing great football. He played a game uh, last week uh, against uh, Jefferson and those guys. It, that, that's as good a game as a Bengals corner has played in the last four or five years. So, yeah, I mean, Apple's a guy. He's looking to get his, uh, he's looking to get his footing in. Um, he's, um, you know, he lost a couple of starting jobs along the way, but I mean, I think, you know, he played for Lou in New York, got a good relationship with him. He's very close with Von Bell, uh, captain, strong safety, Ohio state guys. So I think he feels comfortable here. He had a little bit, he had a rough series against the Vikes. He had, you know, like at the end of the quarter on their first drive, it was a, it was a rough stretch, but I think overall, you know, I think he. You know, I think he played all right. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go after anybody, if you look at any, if you look at the guys, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Awuze's had a hell of a year. I mean, he's playing great ball. Yeah, you'd probably go after Eli, but I mean, like I say, I mean, Eli's a first. You know, right? How many right. guys got a first round pick sitting on the bench? So I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, he he's a guy who's kind of impressed me with. I, I think he realized he's got a fresh start with guys like Bell and Lou around him. Uh, you know, I think he's revived. Jeff, you covered Andy Dalton's entire career, and um, and obviously he had a win in Cincinnati a year ago with Dallas. What do you think this game means for him? And do you have any kind of – I don't know if I want to call it a pity for a guy making that kind of dough, but the crowd may well start chanting for Justin Fields on the second play of the game. I mean, and that's being polite yeah. about it. What's yeah, your thoughts? That's right. That's right. I mean, I mean yeah, you, know, uh, uh, you know, we all got problems. You know, uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, but you know what I mean? I mean, and, and what I'm saying and what I'm saying is Andy, I think, could care less that the Bengals are on the other side of the ball. The Bengals could care less that Andy's on the other side of the ball. I mean, you guys you know you guys been around this thing long enough. I mean, two years in the NFL might as be 20. You know, they cut Andy, you know, what is played his last game in 2019. They cut Andy a week after they drafted Burrow. You know, that's the James Garfield administration. You know, it is. That was a long time ago. So Andy's got his, you know, Andy's got this thing going on with Fields. You know, that's a tough, that's a tough gut. And the Bengals have to win. Joe Burrow's got to win a game on the road. He doesn't care if it's Andy Dalton or Howdy Doody. You know, I mean, he's got, uh, he's got, he's got a winner record at home. He wants to win one on the road. You know, it's a big game in his act, Taylor area. They get the two and zero, get his first September win. You know, five days ago, I think Andy's a, uh, Andy's, you know, just and he said this the other day to us on a Zoom call. You know, it's. Uh, you know, that was two teams ago, you know, so everybody's got problems. <laughs> you know, I, I, geez, I, I, I picked three hours to go over my problems. Hey, Jeff. That's uh, our pregame show. Yeah, that's our pregame show. <laughs> hey, Jeff, uh, I'm, I'm always interested in the McVay coaching tree. I, I, I see all these young guys become head coaches, and I know uh, Zach Taylor's, I don't know his exact record on the road, but it's not very good. Uh, what kind of head coach is he there in Cincinnati, and how is he – change maybe some things he does on the road and how is he grooming his team uh going into this chicago bears game no, he's a very engaged guy i think he's got real good communication skills with his players you know his players uh you know his players are uh, very supportive of him uh in and outside the room so you know i think he's uh you know he's a he's a modern guy he's uh you know he's in touch with these guys you know uh 
he's he's one of these guys that knows the you know uh, knows how players communicate with themselves, and so uh, he has he has he has a good feel for that. You know, I think uh, he's he's lost. Uh, you know, it, the record's been tough on the road. The record's been tough at home. I think he did a I think he did a hell of a job as a play caller and as a head coach to step back and change a lot of things offensively. You know. Um, so I think he's I, I I think he's a good balance of a guy that got a good feel for the room and his X's and O's. You know, he came out and they uh, you know Burrow got you know, he still gets sacked five times, but I think uh, they are very mindful of the quarterback didn't survive the year last year. So you know that's why you see a lot of different you know you're going to see more double tight ends, see more of Burrow under center, more play action. So you know he's adjusted. So I mean, and he knows he's a, he's a smart guy. He's you know this is his third year. He knows it's time. Yeah, and, and doing my research about the Bengals, just uh, listening to podcasts and doing whatever I was doing, it feels like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that he's kind of making a culture change there. Is that correct? The guys are buying in. It just feels a little bit different, that it's not the same old Bengals. Obviously, we have our own problems here at the Bears, but is he making a culture change there? I think any time a coach changes, any time you have a head coach change, it's a culture change. Any time mm-hmm. you do that. I, and uh, there were, obviously, Zach came in, and he was uh, he's a – he was a young offensive guy replacing an older defensive guy in Marvin Lewis. So yeah, it's different. The thing, yeah. the thing this year is the thing this year now is, you know, I think more than forty of his players got here. You know, have been here since he's been here. So this is his roster. So he's got a you know t- culture. They throw that word around. I'm a little uncomfortable with that word. Yeah, uh, culture. Uh, but I think that uh, he or has. Let me put it this way: is it, is it more the guys yeah. are buying in? You know what I mean? Like they're sold on yeah, the head yeah, coach yeah, and the philosophy. So. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's what you I kind of mean. Yeah, I mean you got you know because you got a core of veterans have been with him. Uh, you know, Mixon began under Marvin, but uh, you know he's a Pollock guy. Um, you know, Jesse Bates is, was began under Marvin, but he's a you know he's a, he's a captain. Uh, uh, he's been here for most you know for all of Zach's run. Um, so it's, you know, Sam Hubbard, guys like that. They're young. They're 25, 26, 27, a young core. And they, and Zach has been, you know, their coach. So I think it's a, uh, um, it is, you know, they're, they're in the program. You know what I mean? The program mm-hmm. is in its third year and it's, uh, uh, guys have bought in and, and the big fella, you know, number nine uh, yeah. has bought in. And that's a big thing because as much as we talk, I mean, unbelievable comes back, fires at 74%, hasn't, hasn't touched the ball, played in the game, you know, Seventy-four percent, but the biggest thing he brings to this team, guys, is he is uh, is his uh, is his attitude, his uh, work ethic, and uh, he'll go. He'll you know where where he goes, they'll follow. And uh, right, you know that fact. He and Zach are so tight is obviously a big thing too. Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com. Jeff, thanks a ton. Great catching up with you. Really appreciate the info. Thanks very much for having me on, guys. Great show. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I hope to talk to you guys soon. Good luck. Have a good year. All right, buddy. That is Jeff Hobson. You can follow him as we do. Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, Hobson, Sin, C-I-N, not the way Dustin, or excuse me, Olin, the way you imagine it. (laughs) With a C. Wait, now, how did I fall into Dustin Rhodes' category? Uh Uh Uh-oh, we got something new started. You're the angry member of the I guess. I mean, I don't know. I I thought I was just giving information here. I'm old and I forget things, but uh, but I know you've got great information. Well, no, no, you uh, you remember how angry I was at, when I played at <laughs> camp and stuff. So that's, I, I know exactly how I got thrown in there. You were, you were mainly angry with me, sadly, <laughs> and I don't know why. Um, okay, we're going to get – I want to talk about David Montgomery. I want mm-hmm. to talk about Joe Mixon. Those were the two leading rushers heading into the uh, – uh, well, after week one. So we'll find out who you guys believe – will be the uh, the leading rusher after week two. And, and you know, we got issues. The Bears got to figure out that uh, that defensive line. They got to figure out uh, Eddie Goldman could use that guy. All right, that's the pregame show. We're going to be back. We'll talk some running backs next here on The Score. You know, he provided a great boost. Uh, you know, just a player of his caliber. You know, I say it time and time again. Uh, you know, he's, in my opinion, the best in his position in football. So, uh, you know, just you know, just having a player like that, you know, it's always going to give you a boost. And, you know, just just being able to see him back out on the field after such a long time, you know, generally you'll be you'll be happy for him, you know, as, as a teammate. It's the pregame show on the score. 
Todd Mully. We've got the great Olin Cruz with us, the legendary Patrick Manley. We've got guys that uh, have been in the trenches and know what it's like and have, uh, have done news conferences like you heard there from Bilal Nichols. That is Bilal Nichols who's going for a contract and, uh, and playing pretty well for himself, by the way. Uh, talking about Eddie Goldman, the guy he replaced as a starter um, in the um, in the lineup last year when Eddie opted out with uh, with COVID, uh, he didn't have it then, but he opted out because of it. And um, and I think, guys, we talk about Eddie Goldman, and he is exactly what Bilal Nichols said. He's also the sixth highest paid bear, and he practiced limited fashion on Wednesday. Couldn't go Thursday or Friday. He's listed as doubtful. Doubtful usually means out in uh, in NFL parlance. What are your thoughts about what he brings? And we mentioned Joe Mixon. I mean, this this would be a good game for him to play if he could. Uh, 100%. That's one of the first things I saw when I saw him early on the uh, injury report during the week, and it said limited. I was like, oh, maybe he can come play because – the interior of this Bengals offensive line is is not great. Trey Hopkins is coming off an ACL injury, which he suffered the last game of last year, I believe. So he's freshly off of that. Gave up two sacks last week to um, the Minnesota Vikings, just right up the middle on one-on-ones. And that's one I think Eddie Goldman could dominate. And I think this game would be one where whoever's playing that nose guard has a chance to have a good game. But you're going to miss a guy like Eddie Goldman and his ability to really make a difference in that middle. And I think this game is one where not having Eddie Goldman's really could, it's not, I don't think it's really going to hurt the bears, but it could have really helped the bears if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I worried a little bit when I watched the film from last week's game, guys, uh, I thought maybe Jay Rogers leaving could hurt some of these defensive linemen. I'm talking about Jay Rogers, the old defensive line coach for the Chicago bears, who is now, uh, with Brandon Staley at the Chargers. And I thought Bilal Nichols might have had his worst game that I've seen on film in a while. And I, I didn't think he played really well. Uh, I thought the center and the two guards for the Rams uh, handled him pretty easily, which worried me a little bit, especially with, like you guys talking about, Eddie Goldman being out. The Chicago Bears have to be worried. They haven't seen Eddie Goldman play in a long time. And now he has this knee-ankle problem. And you start to wonder where he is mentally overall about playing this game of football, Pat. Because like you know, um, if you don't want to do it, man, it gets hard to go out there and do it again, right? And, and I'm just – we just until we see him, I just don't know. I don't know where he's at. Uh, we saw him in that last preseason game. He looked like that old Eddie Goldman. He dominated the Tennessee Titans backup center. But, yes, uh, you worry about Danny Trevathan is on IR. Eddie Goldman's on IR. Uh, that's right up the middle of your defense, man. And there's no way you don't miss uh, two guys like that. I know they've been impressed with Alec Ogletree, but um, Danny Trevathan in there, to me, uh, brings a little more uh, toughness, comes downhill, takes on the run. Eddie Goldman, same thing. They played a lot of nickel last week uh, versus the Rams, right? And they got away with it because Akeem Hicks is an absolute monster in there in the middle. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy is a tough football player, but – uh, if the Bengals are stubborn with the run, and I think they might be because, like you guys know, uh, Joe Burrow, he was limping a little bit last week after a few hits. They have to protect him early on in this season. They are going to come out, and if the Bears can't stop mixing today, uh, they're going to be in a lot of trouble, and that's where you miss a guy like Eddie Goldman. And Olin, let, let me what ask you a scheme. Let me go real quick, Molly. Olin, let me ask you a scheme thing. Looking at the Bengals this week, and I was talking about the weakness in the middle, is this something on – obvious passing situations you just say all right we're putting Akeem Hicks more towards the middle and not on the three technique or we're walking I think a couple times you saw Khalil Mack walk up over the center get inside um, or walk Roquan Smith up there just to kind of make sure they got five on five blocking and they get one-on-ones with the guards is that something you see maybe Sean aside trying to do with the weakness of the Bengals yeah and I think you guys saw last week Pat I know I know you did I know you did Molly that uh, Sean Desai was a little more aggressive than I thought he was going to mm-hmm. be with games and stunts and blitzes and leaving those cornerbacks out there by themselves, which is strange to me with all that money you've poured into the defensive line. Those guys should be able to get pressure with just the front four. But, yes, 
Uh, you put Akeem Hicks, you leave him in there in the middle uh, over Suofilo, you leave him over there over Hopkins. We talked a lot about Hopkins now. The Minnesota Vikings, that's just not anybody getting five sacks, right? They poured a ton of money, too, into their defensive line. Michael Pierce, a very strong nose guard in there, maybe one of the best nose guards in the NFL. Daniel Hunter is a full handful on the edge like Khalil Mack. The Rams did scheme Khalil Mack. They did take him away, which left Akeem Hicks a one-on-one in there in the middle. Keem Hicks is going to get that push. The problem is, guys, even with the push, even with getting to Stafford's feet, when Stafford got the ball out, guys were open, right? And and Zach Taylor, we all know, comes from the McVay tree, so I'm sure he was on the phone with Sean McVay this week scheming up concepts to beat this Chicago Bears secondary deep, which is the weakness of this defense. But going back to Mully's point, man, if you cannot stop mixing, if you cannot stop this run, they're going to pour points on the Chicago Bears today. And and Mixon had a lot of carries. I mean, mm-hmm. if you just look at the two players' performance, um, I, 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 and maybe I'm wrong to say this, but it felt like David Montgomery was making a lot of his own yards and making a lot of limited uh, carries. He could have used more, quite frankly. Um, but but Mixon, they, they got him a dose, man. I mean, they really gave him the ball. Well, yeah, and, and a lot of that, Pat, is because they played to the end of OT, right? So he got a whole nother, he got yeah, a whole right. nother quarter in there. But, yes, they look, he, uh, Burrow got hit early in the game, and he was limping. So right there as a coach, you're saying, man, I better run the ball. You heard Jeff talk about from the Cincinnati Bengals uh, writer. You heard him talk about – they were more two tight ends. They're trying to protect him. Uh, Brian Callahan, I know that name sounds familiar to people, is Bill Callahan's son. Bill Callahan, one of the great offensive line run game minds in the NFL. Brian, they hired Brian Callahan. They like to, they're going to run the ball now. A lot of good schemes coming out of these guys. Him and Zach Taylor team together have come up with good schemes to run the ball. They're going to try run the ball today on the Chicago Bears to protect Burrow early in the season, right? So uh, it'll be interesting, Pat, to see today how Sean Desai handles this now. Not only do you have wide receivers, but you have a team that wants to stick with the run. So what defense do you play? What coverage do you play? And it goes back to, I I don't know what you guys think about this, but I think one of the bigger mistakes Ryan Pace has made through the years right now is not giving a big, strong run support safety so Eddie Jackson can play the middle of the field. So we will see how this goes, and we've all noticed now that Alec Ogletree, he doesn't play the whole game. Christian Jones comes in and out. Robert Woods comes in and out. So we want to see now what happens here with the Chicago Bears defense, we're all a little worried about them because we knew if we were going to win games this year, we would have to ride these guys' backs. Yeah, those are great points. And I think last week you kind of saw as the game went along, the Rams weren't trying to run the football, but the Bengals are going to try to run the football. And some interesting stats about Joe Mixon, obviously averaging 4.4 yards per carry, but something I found that Mixon and Montgomery were number one and number two in the NFL last week in yards after contact. That just tells you how tough they are as runners. Like Mixon had 78 yards after contact. Montgomery had 82. So these are guys that aren't going to go down. Mm-mm. And what do the Bears have? They have a tackling problem. So mm. they better fix that because right. Joe Mixon's going to bust through those and, and get more yards uh, after contact this week if they can't fix that. Bill Callahan, by the way, a proud son of the South Side. Mm-hmm. So Brian Callahan, bird in uh, Champaign, Illinois. Born in Champaign, Illinois. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, how about that? <laughs> you want to cheer for them, but not now. No. Um, you, you look at this, and we talk about time of possession, and the Bears dominated that statistic. Usually that's something good for the defense, but in this case, it meant absolutely nothing. And and I guess the thing you got to look at whenever you talk about time and p- of possession is you hold the ball all day. If you're scoring 14 points, you're not going to win many games. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah for sure. Was, go ahead, go ahead, Pat. Sorry. Go, no, I just, I mean, I think they were trying to run their game plan. I understood what Matt Nagy was saying about his game plan, trying to neutralize, um, you know, Aaron Donald and all that stuff and get the ball out. But you know, you 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 do get the time of possession. You do march the ball down one one really long drive. But I think what killed them is those two big plays on defense. Um, I, th- I think that was the offense, you know, the offensive problem. They got behind too much and you can't score if you're just trying to slowly go down the field and they didn't take those shot plays, which was extremely annoying. And that's just something, Olin, we talked about earlier. You said it. You can design those. You can game plan those. You can have those in the game. And I think we've seen Matt Nagy do that before. I just don't understand why he did not do that once or twice during the game at all. 
Well, and and that goes to the bigger point of, look, this was their game plan if they had the top five defense in the league, right? Sure. Uh, To control the ball, uh, for Andy Dalton to get the ball out, get first downs, eat up the clock. But then it goes, that's why you go for it on fourth down twice because you think your defense is going to stop them. You don't care where you go for the fourth down the field. Your defense is going to keep you in the game. And to be fair, they were in the game for a while. Even when they went for it on fourth down, uh, the game was close uh, all the way to the third quarter until they started getting those other big chunk plays. But this is going to be the Bears' problem, something interesting to watch. Do they change their identity eventually? And I think you already heard that this week when they started talking about, man, we just got to take explosive shots because – when you look at this game from the outside looking in, you say the Chicago Bears probably have to score between 24 and 28 points just to win today's game. That the Bengals are probably going to score 20-plus points. But I want to go back to something I said earlier, and I really want to talk about who the hell is the linebacker Robert Woods that I mentioned? Because I think that's a receiver for the Rams. <laughs> but but my two partners, they must not really like me because they don't correct me on the radio. But I don't. I I, I went through my sheets. I said, who the hell is Robert Woods? It's a receiver for the Rams. Too many names to know, man. It's Look, the Bears. The Bears Woods. pulled him off the sideline. They know they needed help at linebacker. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> hey, uh, we, we all uh, take advantage of every opportunity to misname someone. So oh, man. You'll never find me jumping in. All right, <laughs> yeah, we nope. got the pregame show. Hey, the Bears couldn't touch a wide receiver when he fell down. Let's talk to a guy that used to just knock him out. <laughs> he didn't worry. He tagged receivers for a living. We're going to talk to uh, – we're going to play uh, Where Are They Now Next. It's – it's uh, the pregame show on Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.